0: Welcome to Conversations with Zee and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's d-h-a-r-m-a-media.com. All right. Welcome, everyone, to Conversations. You heard the intro. It's been a long time since we've been on. We want you to listen, we want you to give us five-star reviews, and we want you to subscribe to Dharma Media. So as you can tell, I'm being direct, and I'm being direct because today's topic is say what you mean. And so often in life, we talk around different topics, we don't come out with a clear idea of what we want. We want to say a certain thing, but the words come out and it's very elliptical, and that's just a big waste of time and energy because then there's no clear direction. There's no clear direction in our mind There's no clear direction in the minds of the people that we're speaking with, and often it leads to confusion, it leads to frustration, it leads to just a lot of waste in life. And Z, we were talking about this. You brought up some examples from the military. I'm going to give you a couple of personal stories, which just show the problems that arise when we're not communicating effectively, and we're not just coming out and saying what we mean. So both of these relate to women in my life. One happened a long time ago, and I was dating a girl. There was a snowstorm so i was over at her place we we're hanging out uh, we were getting a little bit into it and it was getting late and she looks outside and she's like oh it's snowing wow it's really coming down hard well i guess if you want to you can stay over here so i heard that and you made the point that if there isn't clear communication whatever random thought is in your head is going to take over so i'm an engineer I'm an analytical person. The immediate thought that comes into my mind is, am I going to be able to get home or not? She's talking about how heavily it's snowing. Is this something that's going to be a problem or not? And so my immediate response was, no, it doesn't look too bad. Don't worry about it. And I walked out the door and went home. And I look at that years later and I think, God, what? how ridiculous was that? I mean, she clearly wanted me to stay, but I just didn't get it. And this poor girl never got laid because of it. So one victim of... Unclear communication. And then I think about some of the discussions that I have with my wife. I'll just relate one more story and then you can weigh in. A few Christmases ago, we were talking about gifts. And Christmas is a very big deal to my wife and her family. And I was talking to someone at work and he was saying, oh, you know what? I'm just getting my wife's slippers this year. And so I came back and I talked to my wife and I said, look, this guy's getting his wife's slippers. What would you do if I just got you slippers? You would lose your shit. And she said, no, no, I could actually use slippers. I want you to get me slippers for Christmas. And I said, no, I'm not going to do this. I'll, I'll get you something more expensive, which I'm sure that you want. And she said, no, look at me. Look at me, husband. I'm telling you the truth. I only want slippers. So I get her the slippers. So Christmas morning, she's opening all these different gifts. Kids are running around. She gets through a bunch of boxes, finally gets to the slippers, looks at the slippers, tosses them to one side. She's frantically scrambling around the apartment trying to find where I hid the jewelry or the vacation to Europe or whatever the hell we're planning on doing. And the day, this day which is supposed to be a celebration of Christ and family, turned into the worst Christmas ever. I heard that about 15 times that day. This is the worst Christmas ever. You've ruined Christmas. Why have you done this to me? And that's another example. It's like, just say what you mean. Now, I don't know. I'd actually like your perspective, because I'm sure some people are listening to this saying, Vin, you're a fucking idiot. You got to read between the lines. And maybe some of that is true. But what do you think, Steve? What's your take?
1: What I say first is when people say read between the lines, I would ask you to pick up any book, any novel, any newspaper, any printed medium, or digital medium, take a look at it. And what's between the lines? Nothing. Nothing is between the lines. And as we spoke, nature, in its infinite wisdom, abhors a vacuum. The human mind is racing around chasing endless thoughts. Endless thoughts. We've talked about that. So that open space allows for those endless thoughts to move through randomly, and it can take a conversation or a story in any direction. So it takes a certain amount of quantum integrity to speak plain, clear, with integrity, simple, direct, and of course, mindful. So say what you mean, mean what you say. Consider what you're saying, because a lot of times there are other underlying issues that will fall into that void, like your experience with the, the poor young woman who ended up in the nunnery because you didn't offer her your manliness. Or even the situation with your wife, there's a certain dishonesty. It's not that we're bad people, but when we don't have integrity of word, Dishonesty reigns upon us, lack of clarity. We speak with a certain amount of ambiguity for a reason. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to be held responsibility. We want to avoid a commitment uh, to what we've said, so we're never responsible. So there are many reasons that people lack integrity of word and they want to be vague. I oftentimes reduce the integrity of what I say to people because I don't like to tell people what they should do. So I will. I have found a way of saying one idea could be you could do this or that. I don't tell people, hey, you should stop smoking, because I I I don't I don't want charge of their life. I don't want responsibility for their life. So what I'll say is, hey, might be a a pretty cool idea to consider not smoking, right? Seeing that you have. Uh, uh, respiratory disorders of all kinds, uh, can't walk up the stairs. Here's an idea. So I, I pick my words very carefully based on the whole relationship I have with whom I'm speaking. And the more intimate or the closer you are to people, the more sustainable and healthy it is to have clear speech. Again, you think of the value of the communication and the person you're communicating with. If it's someone you don't value and they don't value you, then there is nothing owed or lost by being vague, ambiguous, right? But as the relationships become closer and they affect your general well-being, your environmental health, your, your intimate health, and so forth, Practicing, as the Buddha says, right speech. One of the ideas in the Dharma, right speech. And you are very considerate about what you say. But the liability to that is many common cultural events would almost be eliminated. Surprise parties of all kinds would be eliminated. Surprise, yeah, surprise. All that would be eliminated. Is if there isn't enough stress in the world, and you're running around surprising people, jumping out of the bushes, and inviting random people to your house in the middle of the night. Um, these things would be eliminated. What would be the what would be the consequence of that? Just less stress, lower cortisol levels in the body. How about when a good friend hands you a mint? Don't say, hey, I don't want to mint. They say, look, your breath stinks. That's when you know you have a good friend. Because them being able to talk plain and clear with you shows that they value you as a human being. They value you as a human being. And they want the best for you. So if you're walking around with putrid breath, halitosis, all this sort of thing, you're alienating many people, cutting off social and business opportunities. And this person is looking after your well-being just by plain speech. There are other people, I'm offended by what you say. Or you know people like that. We all know people that are easily um, riled up by anything that's uncomfortable. So what it does, it it really stifles your ability to be close to them. When you can't talk plain to people, Uh, the vast majority of relationship problems stem from poor communication. That poor communication is often a consequence of the reaction of the communicators. Someone, I you say a situation, hey, don't, don't buy me a bunch of stuff for Christmas. Okay, do just what you ask. Why didn't you buy me enough stuff for Christmas? So that can really cause a cancer in a relationship. And you know what makes you feel sick? It actually makes you feel sick and ill. You go to the doctor. You say, give it to me straight, doc. Well, you know, if I hear the information straight, I know how to work with what's in front of me. If he tells me everything is fine, don't worry about that growth in the... the, the, the your hippocampus swelling. Don't, don't worry about it. The nose bleeds, the dizziness. Don't worry about it. Everything's okay. He doesn't give a damn about me. He's more concerned with himself being uncomfortable. If he tells me, look, we got to do some work now, and I'm prepared for it, I'm ready to do it. But again, it takes integrity on both sides, to the speaker and the listener. And when you do that, you're mitigating stress. And a lot of what we talk about all the time, we want to mitigate human suffering. Part of that mitigation is removal of stress factors in our life. Part of that then requires a certain amount of personal courage. We talk about that all the time. Do you have the courage? And also boundaries. Not everybody deserves all of you, nor do you deserve all of everybody. So people who are in your life, in the orbit of your life, the closer they orbit to your center, your solar plexus, the more that that exchange is important to random people that don't really affect your life. It's just an exercise in who you are. In the business world, of course, there are people that you are engaging in a very superficial way for a gross outcome. I, it could be argued, but I don't believe they, that everybody is owed that. So nobody's entitled to that. But for your own personal health, if you surrounded yourself with people that you could be completely candid with, that you could say what you mean. Mean what you say. Keep your words simple and clear. Imagine the relief you would have. Imagine the amount of stress you would unburden from yourself. And that goes directly to the health metric. Just less stress. You follow me, Vin?
0: Yeah, I think so much of what you've said I see every single day. You mentioned the word courage, and I think that's fundamental. The way that I see people act, especially in work situations, they become apologetic. They are apologizing for having a point of view, for suggesting something that someone else might disagree with. So it's either a fear of being wrong, it's a fear of imposing on someone else, it's a fear of rejection. And all this fear leads to a lot of hedging. And you get into things like, well, maybe we should do this. And I think it's a good idea, but maybe it's not. I'm not really sure. But what what do you think? Why don't you weigh in? I don't want to take over the conversation. And someone gets through that. You don't even know what the hell they've said. So all they've done is waste time, waste energy, probably made you forget about what your original point was. You get absolutely nowhere, but it stems from this fear that we have. And I see you pointing right now, so I'm assuming you're pointing at Caitlin. But you want to weigh in on that?
1: Yeah, she does that. I've been working with Caitlin. She speaks in a way that she never has to take responsibility for whatever said. She starts with an apology. She used to say, "Excuse me, I'm sorry." Um. I have a, an idea or whatever it was. She starts her conversation saying, Excuse me, I'm sorry. Can you imagine that? So I get on her case and I've said, Take charge. Then she'll come and complain to me about all the things that are troubling her. She can't get her job done because this person doesn't listen to They're doing something else. And I'll go to the person and I say, hey, Caitlin needs you to do this. And why didn't she say it? She never said what she wanted. She insinuated it by starting the conversation by saying, Excuse me, I'm sorry. If if you have time, do you think you could uh, take out the uh, garbage? Oh, never mind. Then she'll say, "Oh, never mind." No, no, just 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 doesn't want to rattle anybody up, and that rattles me up. I said, "We we we have stuff we need to get done, lady. You're in charge. You're." I told her once. I said, "You are the steward. You are the captain of the ship. You have the calm. You have the helm. I'm going to leave the ship." And you will be the Commander-in-Chief. And she'll go, oh, well, um, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Then she'll ask the crew, where do you guys want to go? What should we do? Well, they're the freaking crew. They're waiting for orders from the commander. So they're just haplessly spinning in circles. And I get in the next day, the place is in chaos. She's nervous. And then pointing the finger at everybody. I said, look, Caitlin, you have to talk straight to people, right? She goes out on a date once, she tells me. And the guy stays over. It's a one-night stand or something like this, and it just turned out horribly for her. She said, I didn't even want to go out with the guy. I said, did you tell him? She says, well, no. I said, excuse me, I'm sorry. And he said, hey, can I stay over your place, have sex with you? She said, well, I, you know, if you want to, I don't know. I'm not sure. So he just did what he was clear what he wanted to do. Then she comes in the next day complaining. So I said, you have to speak clearly. Say what you mean. Hey, nice having tea with you. I'm not interested in you. I'm headed the next way. I'm going back on on dating.com, whatever she uses, Tindergram or something. And now she has a date. And she can pick and choose. But she ends up with these bad situations. Because she says, excuse me, hey, can I do stuff to you? Well, excuse me, I'm sorry, okay, I guess maybe, maybe nah, I'm not sure. That's how she talks. You know what I mean, ben?
0: Yeah, I hear you. Like I said, I see this all the time. It's just this way of being apologetic, of avoiding responsibility, as you're saying, because if you're not responsible for someone, you can't be wrong. No one can blame you. And as a result, nothing ever gets done. And we just live in this vacuum and then you can't test out ideas. You just arrive at some horrible consensus. It's what we've talked about in the past. Whatever the least offensive idea is, that's what people gravitate towards. Whatever is going to shield me from responsibility, let me get other people in. I don't even care what it is. So truth goes out the window. Truth no longer becomes an objective. Efficiency and output no longer become objectives. The whole thing is let me find something that other people are going to glom onto So I can avoid personal responsibility. And you see this in corporations. It's unbelievable. The amount of time and effort going through process where you got to get all these different people to weigh in. It just sucks the life out of you. Number one, nothing ever gets done. Number two, to your point, you're completely drained. And you think about the impact of that. What I find interesting is we have words to describe this sort of behavior. And they're not kind words. They're things like disingenuous or passive-aggressive. It's stuff that you don't want to be around because you don't engender a sense of confidence and trust. So not only are you stressed out because you're not saying what you mean, you don't have clarity on your own, other people are stressed out because they're uncertain, they don't know what direction to go, there's miscommunication, you're putting a wall up between you and someone else so you're actually damaging relationships. No one's going to want to be around you. So all these things happen because we can't just take responsibility. We can't stand up and lead. And to your point, be very clear and concise about what we want. And that at least gives someone else a chance to refute what you're saying and to engage in debate. But if you can't even articulate a point of view, it's unassailable. No one can respond to it. And ultimately, no one's going to interact with you unless they have to because they're in the same sort of messed up world where you just all – agree on the least offensive course of action. So I think all of this is incredibly damaging. It's damaging to our health. It's damaging to our efficiency. A lot of the time, I think about you and the points that you make, and honestly, the more I reflect on this and I apply it in my own life, the more I start to value my energy. We just don't have the time and the energy to waste on these discussions and not move forward. If you think about our project, we're under a tight timeline. We wanna get people to improve their health on a massive scale. We wanna bring a new, possibly harsh message to the world, but a message that can mitigate human suffering and save people from pain. Every day that passes that we don't achieve that, people are living in pain that they don't need to live with. So there's a certain set of sense of urgency. And the more we talk around what's needed and the more we try to avoid hurting people's feelings, the farther we're set back, the longer this takes, it develops at a pace far below what it could develop at. I'm not saying this applies directly in our situation, but the more we engage in this sort of behavior, it's almost like the energy, the volition behind this idea in your mind totally disappears and you're left with nothing, achieving nothing, feeling nothing. It just It's an incredibly sad state to be in. And I think about what you describe as the alternative, just fucking come out and say what you mean. And when you start doing that, it is just this sense of relief that you describe. It's like, oh, my God, I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to go through the mental gymnastics to make sure that I'm not pissing off this person and I'm respecting this person who's in a higher position. And I'm not offending this person who already told me that they didn't like the way that I characterized them last week. All that is freed up and that energy can be used to actually have some impact in this world. And that's a tremendous feeling. So Zee, as I'm talking about this, I'm getting a little bit worked up. But if we think about the things that hold us back, we talked about a lack of courage, a desire to not offend, a desire to avoid responsibility. What is the narrative we need? How do we start correcting this and start becoming more direct? And I don't even want to use the the word assertive, but just be more direct and not worry about what other people are going to think.
1: Well, the classical philosophies have, have taught us over and over to don't be fooled by the transiency of human life don't think you're going to be here forever your time is valuable and you've mentioned urgency and and what i would frame that as is not a frenetic urgency but do we have the time to waste on these kind of intellectual contortion contort contortions that we just can't we're around people we can't speak plainly to Let's get on with what we need to get on with, be it uh, family members or associates of all kinds. And again, I put that, that piece of caution in there that not everybody is going to like you nor do you need to like everybody. Not everybody has a, um, a, a direct impact on the immediate dimension and moment of your life. But for those who do, to have the integrity of speaking extends your energy base. It takes less energy. And life is built on chi energy, prana. It takes less pranic energy. And as you find the truth, because the truth is fluid, and, and, and you, you're closer to it when you're unburdened by the cowardliness or the cowardess of double speak sidespeak right tricknology deception vagueness willful ambiguity this takes a tremendous amount of energy so ask yourself why am i even around people like that because the cost of doing that far outweighs what you get in return. Now, of course, there's some businesses and careers that require a lot of tricky speaking. Used car salesman, politician, this sort of stuff. But you can protect yourself from that. You don't have to be a part of that. You can opt out of that. In your life, as you're looking to be healthier, having a lower stress footprint in your life, having a less toxic internal environment, then these are the things that you benefit from working towards. Ask yourself with the people in your life, can we talk straight? Can you make it efficient? Can we wrap this up in a few minutes? Say what you mean. Do we need to take a long talk and a build up in a certain situation? You know those awkward situations where you have to have a meeting with someone and you have to think about where you're going to go and maybe you're going to fire the employee or whatever and you have to meet them outside so they won't come back in shooting. You, you've thought of all these different things. Or you're about to, um, you're wondering if a person you're involved in a relationship with isn't going to go any further. You know, whatever you, your anxiety is building up and you built this whole story and by the time you're talking to the person, it's been building up for weeks and months And you've actually created such a toxic environment that nothing good comes out of it. And you've you've wasted your time. So the idea of urgency is that life is short and unpredictable. And the whimsical nature of fate can rob us of this life or our loved one's life at any moment. So every moment of our life, if we're aware of the gift of life, the transiency of life, Then when we engage, when we have the gift of communication with someone, treat it as a precious gift, cultivate it, nurture it, master its care, and say exactly what you mean. I tell my wife all the time, tell me exactly what you want for your birthday. I'm not into holidays. I don't remember birthdays. I barely remember my own birthday. I take my kids. I get them stuff every day of the week so... Their birthday is just another day of of giving or not giving or whatever. So I I don't I'm not I'm not one for surprises. It just takes too much energy. I'm not one who needs a lot of ceremonies that endear that person to me or engender a sense of love. I look at those things as is everyday acts of kindness. Simple, clear, acts of human decency are better than something you do once a month, once a year, once a millennium, whatever. You're you're suddenly nice to everybody. You're celebrating. I don't celebrate much because I have moderate celebration every day in my life because I speak plain and clear to everyone in my life. Um, Here's what's going on. Here's I feel good today. I don't feel so good today. Here's what happened in my life. So that relieves me of that pressure Because there's enough pressure in life. I tell people when I'm grateful for what they did, hey, I'm grateful, thank you, you did great. And I'm not saying that for their sake, I'm saying that for mine. I want them to know where I stand with them. So nobody is guessing. So if you go back and reflect, well, what did Z say? What did he say? Well, he said I was cool. With him? Great. That's out of the way. So... You think about people that don't have that and all the lingering tension over their head. It's like on a sunny day, they have a rain cloud hovering over their head, wondering, uncertainty, insecurity. And they've, got, they've normalized it to a point where that's just the way business goes in their life. They're, they're not clear on anything. I'm not saying you have to be certain on anything, but you should be clear.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very important distinction because often we look for answers. We're such an analytical society. We end up trying to find the perfect solution and it prevents action and it prevents progress. So I like some of our discussions when you talk in military terms because I think a lot of the analogies spill over into civilian life where you don't have to have the perfect solution. You don't have to know how things are going to turn out, but you have to be clear on your next step. And you can have the fluidity and the flexibility to change your mind, to take in new evidence, to listen to other points of view. Maybe you take a few steps, you realize it's not the greatest move, you move in a different direction, but you're always moving forward. Because the worst thing you want to do in this life is stagnate. Again, you never achieve anything. And emotionally, you don't feel good. Nothing is good about stagnation. We talk about health as being movement of energy, fluidity, And when you stagnate, it cultivates disease. It cultivates just a certain toxicity in your mind where you're going over the same things again and again to no benefit. You made this point before we started the discussion where oftentimes people will shop for the answers that they want. So if you're going to a doctor and you want the doctor to tell you you're healthy and you don't like the doctor's opinion, you go to someone else and you ask that person. And then you go to someone else. And the whole time you're trying to convince yourself that you're okay. You're trying to find someone who's going to allay your fears. Whereas if you just come out and you say, I want to know that I'm okay. I want you to tell me that I'm fine, regardless of what my imaging shows or what my blood levels are, you start to understand how ridiculous that is. And maybe it's scary to face reality, but at least you can face it and move on, as opposed to putting your head in the sand and dying. Uh, I think another way to put this, oftentimes in the business world, people talk about having very strong opinions lightly held. So lightly held means you're willing to change your mind, but for a certain moment in time, you've got a clear sense or a clear point of view. You're holding on to your truth. That implies a certain action, a certain movement forward, and you're gonna keep on doing that until you get some better information. But you're not spending your time sitting around, mired in analysis, shopping for opinions, which end up just being a huge waste, as we've talked about.
1: Yeah, sure, Vin. And you can take that, this topic, and it it overlays and can cover so many subjects. There are people that are looking to build a life practice, and they shop around. Um, There'll be people, for example, they're looking around for the right yoga class, right? So here you are, you know nothing about yoga, absolutely nothing about it, But you're looking for the right yoga class. Well, you don't even know enough about it to know what's good. So now that's where this whole fad or trend of looking for the most entertaining and interesting place to go, that it's not even yoga anymore. So you're going to goat yoga and cat yoga. You're going to furry yoga. You're going to hot, cold yoga. Uh, There's all sorts of decadence and abuse going on. And none of it is even yoga. So be honest with yourself in your word and verbiage. I'm looking to go somewhere that will entertain the lowest part of my ego. I'm looking for an individual or a group of individuals that will give me a high standard of a praise for doing nothing of low, or being of low standard. So you see, that really does sound bad when you hear it. But if we just open our eyes, use our dispassion observer technique, we can see when we're doing this kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. I see this in finance all the time, where the stated purpose of the research and the endless discussions on CNBC, where they talk about the markets, the stated purpose is to make you a better investor, make you like George Soros, who's made billions of dollars for himself, make you a player. And be someone that you can brag to your friends about. The real objective is exactly what you're saying. It's just entertainment. It's a way to pass the time to create an illusion in your mind that you're smarter than everyone else and to give you a chance to roll the dice and gamble and feel that excitement. And frankly, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's part of human nature. Maybe not for everyone, but a lot of people, they like a little bit of risk, a little bit of uncertainty. And if you do it in a controlled way, it's not that big of a deal. But having that awareness and that clarity on what your intention actually is might lead to better decisions. So if you're clear on that, then maybe you spend less time doing it. Maybe you spend less money on it.
1: Well, a great master told me once it was ego masturbation. It produced no offspring. It invigorates the ego and exhausts the soul. You see? So whenever you involve yourself in this sort of behavior, Um, That's all you're doing is draining yourself, getting nothing back from it, undermining your own mental and physical health, your social health, taxing your environment. So something as simple as integrity of word can resolve many issues because it comes with uh, many supporting and collateral issues. It comes with a lot of stuff. It comes with the idea that I need to think about what I'm saying. I need to take responsibility for where I'm at. I I need to take self-ownership of me to become, as it's said in yoga, to be self-possessed, to take self-ownership, right? And if I take self-ownership, then it's up to me to do self-maintenance of my mind, of my thinking, of my behavior, of my actions, right? And the more you do that, The more you work on yourself, the less fragmented you are, the less you're swayed by the flow of the day. You talked about when one stagnates, and that's part of the formula of pain. All pain is caused by stagnation. All stagnation is caused by deficiency or excess, too much of something or not enough of something. So when we're stagnant, we're in pain. And so when we get into the practice of speech with no integrity, of cowardly speech. If we do that enough, that's what we become. We stagnate. And so then we become more fragile in our interactions with ourself and others. Because you find yourself walking on eggs, as we do now. We have a society that walks on eggs. If you see any of the contemporary Uh, news blurbs and things like that. All these people get themselves in trouble because of the lack of integrity of speech. So, you know, you think of the topics of the day. uh, A couple weeks ago, the great basketball player perished in a plane crash. All the journalists were trying to get their piece of notoriety so they couldn't, they ran out of the sentimental thing. Here's a guy and his daughter and a big family dies in the most horrific way, and he's been doing public service. So they had to then accuse him of being a criminal, uh, ask him about his criminality, which was adjudicated. He was found not to be a criminal. He was just a nice guy caught up in something that was resolved. In a non, There was no criminality. But people had to portray him as a criminal. They had to have cowardly words, in order to get a rise from people. And it shows you the challenge of the moment we live in that true heroes, the true brave, those who stand for something are not valued anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We value- oh, corollary. Uh, go
0: ahead, Z, finish your
1: thought. You know, we value the coward to the point where it's like watching a court gesture with his ass out running across the stage, or jumping on a pogo stick, or making a fool of himself, as opposed to seeing someone who makes a noble sacrifice. We have no room for that. So again, we have to, I say, you know, I've opted out of that. I'm pointing it out. And people will decide on their own. Uh, as we say, we can't speak anymore. We've talked about that before. Our statesmen, our artists, our comedians, they can't draw. They can't speak. There's no value for integrity. But there is a great value for integrity within the individual soul, in the quiet of your own self. You find that that invigorates your life fire. With couples, you know something I work with in my um, experiences in relationships is tell people you're involved with what you want and what you mean by that. And then leave it at that. Simply leave it at that. Early on in relationships, if a person can say exactly what they want, then you don't have to invest energy in that relationship if you can't give them or share with them what they want. Don't waste your time. Something you'll never get back. Something you will never get back is your time. Don't waste your life. If somebody says, hey, uh, I'm not uh, interested in a long-term relationship with you, right? Then don't do what Caitlin does. Keep flying the guy out, calling, him, letting him sleep on a couch, you know, paying his his water bill and things like that. The guys told you, "Hey, there's no future with me." He should get a medal, and then it gives her an opportunity to say, "You know what? I like your honesty. Glad to meet you. Wish you well." See how easy that is?
0: Yeah, yeah. You bring up a lot of interesting points, as usual. And one thing you said. Is that no matter how much we eschew clarity in public, in the private of our own soul, we have a desperate need for it, for clear intention. And if you look at the political environment, I can't help but think that explains a lot of what's going on. Where it almost doesn't matter what the view is. But if you get people and those people say things clearly, they say things unapologetically, they provide a clear story, a clear intention, a clear direction millions of people rise up to follow them. And they do that because they can't take it anymore. They can't take this world where nothing means anything, where you don't know where you stand, where there's no clear direction. People are starved for leadership. And it almost doesn't matter what's being said. They're just so happy that someone is pointing out a certain direction that they're willing to line up and and follow that lead. So... We talk about the personal cost. I think there's a social cost as well uh, where we're not questioning what's going on. We're just taking direction because we're so starved for direction. It's funny. See, normally we do this on audio. I'm FaceTiming you now. I can see you cracking up. (laughs) It's throwing me off a little bit. So what's going on on your side?
1: No, just laughing at Caitlin because she's trying to explain that she's working on that part of her life. And um, we, we think about the world as a whole and why I don't participate in politics and why we said from the beginning in Dharma Media, we just don't get into it because it is about the normalization of the lies, the normalization of lack of clarity on all sides of the political discussion. It is impossible to give 350 million people every individual thing that they want you have to go after what you want and need in this life working with what's in front of you. That is it. Plain and simple. There will be no health care for people in the foreseeable future if you don't take care of yourself. You cannot burden your neighbor with your bad decisions. So none of these people will say that because they won't get elected. And their goal is to get elected. That is their only goal is to get elected. Not to serve the public, not to serve the country, not for whatever the hell they claim. And for those of us who are uh, of that mindset, of thinking for yourself, of that Buddha consciousness, we know this. So we we benefit ourselves by cultivating that energy, aligning ourselves with like-minded people, and working on ourselves. Our whole program is how do we stay healthy and well? How do we improve our health and wellness? Well, part of that is our mental health our, our, and the environment in which our mind exists in. So this type, of, uh, this, this type of game of communication, we need to end it. Follow the Buddha. Keep your words simple, plain, and clear. Follow the Dharma. right speaking. right speaking. That's it. And all of a sudden you find that you're relieved. Imagine if you would, Vin, just in a world that we live in, that the only people you knew were people you could, you could comfortably speak with. Imagine that. How much less stress would you have day to day? And imagine if you could create that boundary where when you're around people that you cannot be with with integrity. You know who they are and you have some sort of toll or sanction that you've created in dealing with them. So you even know who they are. And you say, "You know what? I I'm going to hold most of this good energy for people I love and care about. And I'm going to render unto Caesar that which is his and keep the rest for me."
0: Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's what I end up doing. It turns out there's a pretty small group of people where I can maintain that integrity with, where I can have open conversations. And you feel people out a little bit, and you get a sense over time whether it's worth engaging or not. And the rest, either you ignore or you filter out. A lot of times, I just tune things out. People are saying things. I don't have to hear every single thing they say. I just get the gist of it. I ignore the rest because it's too much energy. It's too taxing to pay attention, to react, to decipher. So forget it just get rid of it. And most of the time, people like that are so wrapped up in their own mind, they just want affirmation anyway. They're not looking for engagement. They're not looking for communication. They're looking for affirmation, which is easy enough to provide. So I completely agree with you on that. I think if we take the discussion and we talk a bit about remedies, you've mentioned some interesting ones. So this idea that we talk about of being a dispassionate observer, I think is very important. Being able to step back and maybe one way to break out of the is to step back and hear your own words and your directives and ask, if I were someone else, would I have a clear understanding of what I'm saying? What would I take away? What am I asking someone else to do? And that can help change some of the patterns. I think the narratives are very important. Narratives, we've talked about these in the past as well, that you are going to offend people. Conflict is part of life. It's okay to be wrong. Having those sorts of narratives, those sorts of ideas can change our speech, our communication style, hopefully get us past the fear that we feel of being wrong or offending others. But one thing, Z, that I could use your perspective on, if we've always operated this way, it's one thing. Because people get conditioned to whatever you put in front of them. So if you've always got an open communication style, people are used to it, it's fine. How do you navigate when you find that in the past – you haven't been very clear. Now you want to be clear, but people aren't expecting that from you and they're gonna react. And they're gonna react not because what you're saying is wrong, but just because it represents something unfamiliar, something threatening. I'm thinking particularly in relationships where it's very hard to instantaneously jump from this more elliptical conversation style to something that's more direct. How do you manage that transition?
1: you go back to really basic things to yourself, be true. If you're true to nothing else, be true to yourself and start with that. Um, Look at the fear of what you may lose. And if you fear that you're going to lose something, you never really had it. If you fear you're going to lose a relationship or friendship because you find yourself needing to be clear, then you never really had a friendship. It's I know people that come up to me and they'll call me and say, hey, buddy. So the minute someone calls me buddy, I know they're not my friend. So they're letting me know that they they have a transactional relationship with me and a classical transactional relationship where you want to get more for less. So they probably want some sort of free treatment or discount services of any kind for me. So they'll say, "Z, my friend. Hey, buddy. My How are you going, buddy? So I know right away, okay, I tell Caleb when somebody calls, they call me, buddy, get their credit card right away and charge them for the session. If they don't want to pay, don't call them back. And she's had that experience with people. Um, there are certain red flags. And as you're building that into your health, because again, this is a cancer. This is a, an insubstantial cancer that will come and turn into a substantial health risk if you keep doing it. So as you're moving forward, you let people who are close to you know, I'm growing. Um, I'm working on myself, and my life is dear to me, and my health is dear to me. Uh, The relationships I have to me, I want to have relationships that have full value to me. I don't want relationships with infinite sanctions and... Uh, fine print. Uh, so many conditions attached to it. If long as you don't communicate with me, I'll like you. Well, you never liked me anyway. You liked an image of me, an idea of me, but you never liked or loved me anyway. So you're not really going to lose anything. It's a gain, gain situation. It's a, it's, it, it's, it's a plus, plus. So you, you end up relieving yourself of baggage while improving the quality of the bags you have. So one would begin first with yourself. Be true to yourself. We often talk about what we'll risk or lose. You hear this in the entertainers, and they're always apologizing for something they said. or That apology we know is empty. There's nothing to that. It's not sincere. It's simply the cost of doing business. I would degrade and humiliate myself at your feet for a moment as payback for exposing your shortcomings. Or whatever it is, right? I mean, look at it. I said what I felt. I meant what I felt. I said it, and I'm sorry for being sincere is what they say. They're all apologizing for being sincere. In a world where insincere insincerity is valued, you apologize for being sincere. Isn't that something? I didn't say overly intelligent. I didn't say... Uh, 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 with zen mindfulness someone asked you a question you said what you felt and now you got to apologize for it because everybody's so insincere and that's why I don't want it. do you want to be a part of that because they're not well those people are not well they're not healthy they are not content in their life and they are not truly successful true success when you're at peace with where you're at you say what you mean you mean what you say and wherever the chips fall you can, you can endure. What are you going to lose? You're going to lose fans? What, what are you really going to lose? So as you move forward, go with the realization that in your life, in your life, you will only have a handful of true friends in your life. Any of us. Nobody's going to have... The people... Facebook friends are not Friends. People who like you on Instagram are not your friends. So in order to get likes, you got to jump off the roof and smash your head into something or run down the street with a pogo stick up your ass. Those aren't your friends. Your friends wouldn't ask you to do that. So being at peace with the quiet intimacy of true relationships. So it's a gain-gain situation. If you feel the pressure in your chest, the rattling in your gut, The sharp pain in your back from kowtowing to cowards, then step away from it. Do your best every day and walk away. Go to work, as I refer to it, I say, render unto Caesar that which is his, keep the rest for you. Go to work, put on your face, put on your clown mask or whatever you wear at work, if it's that kind of job, and then take it off when you go home. The children should never see it, your loved ones should never see it. It's not interesting, it's something you have to do in order to pay your weight on this earth or your square foot that you hold. It's your lease. And know that agreement. Make that agreement. And as you advance, because you keep personal integrity, you're never empty. You never feel less than. You These poor people are depressed and suicidal. Their life is unfulfilling. They're constantly looking for ways of Maybe making others feel worse than them so they can feel better about themselves. Uh, just, just avoid that stench. Avoid it like the Wuhan virus or the coronavirus. You know, wear a mask. Wear the mask when you're around them. Wear the um, wear the hazmat suit when you're around these people, because it is more deadly than the Wuhan virus. Okay.
0: Yeah, this point about integrity, I think, is critical. If you go back to right speech that Buddhism talks about, it's not just telling the truth for the sake of telling the truth. It's not telling people they're fat and making them feel like crap. It's also being kind and being true to yourself. I think as long as you have that integrity and there's a point to what you're saying and you do it because you're honoring your intentions— The rest you don't worry about. I think what you want to avoid, you don't want to get into the habit of name calling and hiding behind this mask of truth and calling people out for all their shortcomings. Uh, But by the same token, we don't want to go too far in the other direction. And I think the balance comes when you know what you care about. When you have that clarity of intention, you say what you mean. As you said, Z, if people like you, great. That's a test, it's a filter. You get rid of the people who don't want to be around you, who are offended by you or aren't willing to get by what you said. And you end up with a set of people who value you for what you are. And they value you for the same reasons that you value yourself. And that's when you get the harmony in relationships. And I think that's where a lot of personal freedom comes from, where you can be yourself, you can express yourself. You look like you want to say something
1: well, that's a good point you make, and, and 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 again, I'll share all this. I share from my life experiences. You know, my really good friend Kevin, and he's a first responder, fire department. And we and we lost one of our dear friends, a very more than a friend, more than a friend, a brother, a few years ago. First responder, they they breathe in all this toxic stuff. So, Kev came down there. He's wheezing. He's overweight. I said, man, you can't do this to me. You, you, you're, you're fat, you got man boobs, you're freaking wheezing. And somebody listening would say, oh man, he talks really mean. And you know what? I said that with tears in my eyes because I don't want to bury another friend. I don't want to bury another brother. I, I, I'm tired of that. I am tired of it. I don't want to do that. I want him to bury me. I told him. So I need you to lose the weight. I need you to find yourself. I need you to get off your ass. I need you to talk to the people in your life and help you reduce stress. He was talking about how stressful it is at home. He's trying to retire. Uh, The wife shops a lot. And and he, he sees the debt keeps climbing and he knows he has a fix. He'll have a fixed pension. And I say, have that conversation. And if nothing else, just stop it. Just stop it because I love you and I'm tired of outliving people I love. And you know what? He came back down, and he had lost weight. He's working out. He feels better. And he said, thank you. So we can't do that with everybody, but we don't need to. We don't need to. Another dear friend of mine's ex-wife came in, and we're all friends, and she had put on weight, and I called her up one day. Hadn't seen her in a long time. And I said, Sheila, i just been thinking about you, and I reflected upon my life. Something happens when you're over 60, and um, you start looking at people who were really nice to you. And I said, you were always good to me. Anytime a day or night we showed up at your house, Sheila would cook us a meal, um, make sure we're comfortable. We're traveling the road. We never checked in the hotels. We we never used hotels. Always friend's house, banging on her door. My buddy, they'd open the door. They'd get the blankets out. She had to go to work in the morning. We're coming in at all weird hours of the night, involved in all sorts of chaos and madness. And she always made us feel at home. And I thought about that as I got older. I said, man, did I ever tell you thank you? Did I ever show your gratitude? What what can I do for you? And she said, Z, you just telling me that it meant something to you is everything I wanted to hear. And I said, but I need to do more than that. I need you to come in. I'm going to put you on a, a wellness program. She said I would like that, but you know uh, your rates are very high for me. I'm on a I'm a retired nurse. I said don't worry about it. I got you covered because I'm I'm going to pay you back for paying it forward. And she came in here and she was overweight. And I went and, what I always do, I went and got the dumbbell that was about the weight that she was overweight. She was complaining about a number of health issues, and I said pick that up. And she said, oh, I can't pick that. I think it hurts my shoulders, hurt my knees. I said, what's hurting now? She said, my shoulders, my knees, and all that are hurting. I said, because you're carrying that weight around 24-7. So let's start cutting that weight. I'm going to give you a few formulas, do some things to you. And you're going to start the process. And I'm going to go all the way through with you. Just show me that you're willing to do it. And she did it. And every week, she comes in here. And she has less weight on her. Her skin is cleared up. She looks beautiful. She looks like her middle child's sister. That's what she looks like. She looks like her middle son's sister, and she looks better than her children, uh, one of her sons. And I'm so happy and and so uh, just over the moon because she's compliant. And it's because we can talk clear. She said, how come doctors didn't tell me? I said, because we, we are not in a way that we can speak plain and clear to one another. We are speaking plain and clear. And so the integrity of speech is, is as contagious in a good way as a virus is in a bad way. And you can speak to people from your heart with clarity. But first, you be clear. So it's not about being malice and mean-spirited. And the only way it can be malice and mean-spirited is a two-way street. If a person doesn't want to hear your perspective, not necessarily the truth, but it's your perspective. And we need many perspectives to know the truth. Uh, if a dog brings you a truth, it's not less of a truth because a dog brings it to you. I was dropping Drona off at school this morning, and I always see myself as uh, looking really healthy and vibrant and all that, and little kids looked at me and said, hey, Drona's grandfather brought him in. I said, you little bastard. And so I realized that, yeah, I'm tired. Shit, I've been tired. You know, my my father-in-law's going through stuff. I'm here alone with the kids. I, I'm having trouble sleeping, and I got, you know, different things going on with with people and friends uh, at the house that are going through stuff. I'm exhausted, so I look haggard, and they they called my ass on it. So I went home, and I got on my rowing machine. I hydrated, went and did my uh, cucumber face thing, Uh, went to the massage studio and had a girl. We want to talk about that, but um, I just feel better. But I needed that little kid to tell me, hey, there's Drona's grandfather. So I'm gonna go work out tonight like a madman and flush these toxins out of my body so I can look my vibrant young self again.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. Uh, just rub one or two out and you'll go back and you'll look like his older uncle instead of his grandfather.
1: There you go. And that's what I tell Caitlin all the time. I tell her she has a muffin top, posture's bad, right Caitlin? We speak plain yeah. here and it helps, right? She went and got her hair done and got some Botox. She straightened herself up, got a little work done at the cosmetic surgeon. She's back on track. I did not do any of that. But I did start working out, and I have seen improvements.
0: I didn't think it was salvageable. But, Z, you're a miracle worker.
1: Yeah, you'd be surprised. Caitlin's like one of those car projects you see on the news where they find a barn find. <laughs> some old car that's been sitting under, uh, in a barn for years, and they start polishing up and ends up being worth millions of dollars. She's a diamond in the rough. I mean, in the real rough, but nevertheless. But we can talk like that, right, Caitlin? Yeah. It's easy. It's easy. You know?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny as we're talking. I think about how we communicate. And like so many things in this world, everything is backwards. So we turn events of no consequence into such a big deal. Uh, You look at the news of the day. Oh, my God. Trump said this. It's a disaster. Can you believe it? And there's just panic around this. And we treat it like such a big deal. And then when you talk about serious issues, people don't want to engage. So you think about relationships. I've said things like your constant use of a cell phone is akin to putting up a wall between us. Or if you're not paying attention to the kids, they're going to get run over by traffic and die. And I mean that seriously. To me, that's the truth. Maybe it's not likely, uh, at least not on a particular day, but there's some risk of that. Who wants to take that risk? But that's the sort of thing that people aren't equipped to deal with. So it's almost like you can deal with these false crises that you create. But when it comes to reality, it becomes much more difficult to swallow.
1: In the integrity of word, no integrity, the cowardice of being, right? Those are important issues. The safety of your children, the mindfulness of your actions and behavior, being present, being present with your intimate partner. Those are real issues. Whatever's going on in the in the stream of nonsensical news and and and, and whatever Twitter things and all this very little has any bearing on your life. Being present with your partner. Being present with your loved ones, always, always being aware of the transiency of life. You know, I've been going through something this week too that's got me a little haggard. Man, is I found out that an old girlfriend had died on Facebook. Right? It just I, I was, uh, someone was showing me a, a new rapper that's out, and I'm laughing. This rapper is great. This lady is great, uh, Queen Hervey or something like that. And I'm watching this, and I say, oh, she looks like my old girlfriend, Persian. So I get on uh, the Facebook and, and I'm going to I'm Messenger and tell her to check this girl out. Find out she's dead. Fucking dead. And this is a really cool person. She's somebody very kind to of me. Even though, because of technology, we've lost touch. People don't call each other anymore. They don't listen to each other's voice. And I'm guilty of that also. And for the last few days, you know, I found myself up at night searching databases, and I had someone. Do a background thing to, to she's dead. And I'm wondering if I should reach out to her remaining relatives and ask them what I don't even know what to do. Mm. Um, but that's life. Again, things like that slap you in the face, and that's life. That's somebody who I would have tattooed on my arm at one time if I was into tattoos. So I always told her, "You're tattooed onto my heart." That's what I used to always tell her. And she was just a really, really dear person to me. And I have no idea of why she passed so young. And that is life. So speak clear and plain to the people. Let them know you love them. Let them know ways that you can improve yourself and they can improve, you can help them improve themselves. That mutual development of one another requires plain and clear speech. Say what you want, especially the more intimate you are with the person, the closer you are. Speak to them plainly. Let them know if you're seeing them in distress and they're not aware of it. I told my friend, get yourself together because I don't want to outlive you, plain and simple. He said, okay, because I want to outlive you. So I said, get your ass together and I will help you. But we need to be able to talk like that to each other. Surrender the ego. Kick its ass out of your way so that you can offer constructive criticism of one another, plain and clear. If a person is offended, and they are easily offended slowly or rapidly, at some pace, get them out of your life. Just get them out of your life. Close that circle. And if you have to do business with them, Wear your Wuhan mask and hazmat suit if you have to be around them because they are, they are diseased. If they are easily offended by right speech, right word, clear, passionate, honest, intimate words, then avoid them like we're avoiding these various plagues. Quarantine yourself from these people. Help your loved ones with having a more honest dialogue with you so that we can grow in this short life. So that when our day is over, when we enter into death's door, there was nothing left to be said. I tell people I'm really on a campaign now of having pre-funerals. So basically having the funeral eulogy while the person's alive. That's what I've learned. How about just let's have a funeral for you on your birthday so, whatever I need to say, whoever needs to fly in to see me, they'll do it on that day so I can experience that person right now because I don't know what's after this and nobody else does. But how about just show up now? We'll have a pre funeral so we can say with truth whatever we felt. Hey, I loved you. Hey, I'm glad you're dead. Whatever you want to say. And we're done with it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a way to live. It's what we always talk about. Who's got the time to waste? We've got finite time, finite energy. we got to keep on moving forward, achieve something in this life. And we need the integrity, the conviction in ourselves to do so. So speak plainly. Stop wasting time. Say what you mean. And pay attention to how you feel. You'll feel a lot better. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.